0: Hello, and welcome to this talk for the OCaml 2020 workshop uh, on parallelizing your OCaml code with multicore OCaml. I'm Sardik, and you'll probably see Tom, Suda, Casey, and Nil in the Q&A sessions that follow this talk. We're going to be going at a bit of a pace in today's talk. Uh, There's a lot to cover, and it is a relatively short space of time. Um, you can get the slides, speaker notes, and runnable examples for this talk uh, at uh, the link that should be in the ICFP 2020 uh, summary for this talk. So just a quick overview of the talk. We're going to start with Multicore camel, what it is, how you can install it. Um, we're going to look at the Domains API, and then we're going to look at Domains Lib, which is a library uh, which offers some abstractions over the Domains API, to help you add parallelism to your code. And then we're going to look at some further optimizations uh, that are based on our experience of the kind of pitfalls that people encounter when they try to add uh, parallelism to their existing code. So what is multicore camel? Well, multicore camel is a project to bring concurrency and shared memory power- parallelism to camel. Uh, It features a Stop the World uh, minor collector and a concurrent uh, parallel major collector. Uh, You can learn a lot more about Multicore OCaml's internals and some of its performance characteristics uh, from our ICFP 2020 paper, uh, Retrofitting Parallelism Onto OCaml. Um, You can get started. There's instructions on the Multicore OPAM repo that are linked in the speaker notes uh, for how to get started. Uh, But what do we mean by concurrency and parallelism well concurrency is how we partition multiple computations so they can run in, a, in an overlapping time period uh, parallelism on the other hand is running multiple computations simultaneously and that's normally achieved using multiple cores on a multi-core machine uh, from a user's perspective um, multi-core brings fibers and effects for concurrency so very very lightweight uh, fibers and domains for parallelism um, there are already degrees of support for some concurrency and parallelism in OCaml. Um, the actual multicore wiki, uh, and there's a link in the speaker notes, uh, has a good overview and kind of notes on the current situation. But the short summary is is that there isn't a strong language support for direct style concurrency and parallelism together in OCaml code. And that's what multicore seeks to address. Multicore aims to maintain compatibility with existing OCaml code. Uh, It supports the existing C API along with tricky parts of the language like ephemerons and finalizers. Um, There is a separate branch that removes some of the syntax extensions that were added for effects, and that maintains uh, PPX compatibility. If your existing code breaks we want to know, please let us know on the Multicore issue tracker. Uh, Upstreaming is already in progress. Uh, you can actually have a look. Uh, the There are PRs and issues that are tagged with multi-core prerequisite on the GitHub uh, repo for OCaml OCaml. And uh, you can actually see that some have already started to land and actually some are going to be in the 4.11 release that's uh, coming up very soon. Um, the plan is uh, tentatively for OCaml 5 to feature domains-only parallelism. Um, with effects and fibres that enable concurrency they'll follow in a later release. Um, so with that in mind, we're going to uh, focus this talk only on parallelism via domains. So what exactly are domains? Uh, domain, uh, domain is a domain is a unit of parallelism. Um, it's essentially an operating system thread with some additional state for managing um, OCaml's garbage collector. Um, they're relatively heavyweight, So you should aim to only have as many as you have cores. It's also a good idea to create and destroy them as frequently and as infrequently as possible because doing so is expensive. Um, They come with an interface that provides uh, a range of functionality: um, spawning and joining domains, uh, waiting on notifications from other domains, and notifying other domains. Uh, There's some atomic memory operations. So these are actually technically in the atomic module. Uh, And also domain local storage as a way of uh, caching values per domain to avoid expensive communication between domains And we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on So this this talk is going to be example driven Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to iterate on a benchmark and then show how some of the uh, abstractions offered in domains lib uh, along with some performance profiling work help to parallelize it and hopefully that will give you a reference for parallelizing your own existing OCaml code. And the benchmark we're going to use is nBody. Um, it models the orbit of a number of bodies around a solar body. Uh, it's a useful example to use because um, the, the actual code that's responsible for the core of the computation uh, can actually fit on a slide conveniently uh, and also uh, there is one very big hotspot where we can actually add uh, parallelism and get some substantial parallel speed-ups uh, b- but we can do this without changing the algorithm too much so let's look at the uh, core of this n-body benchmark um, essentially uh, we've ignored the uh, the setup code um, the core of the n-body benchmark is this advance function and what it does is uh, for each of the bodies in this um, fictional solar system uh, we look at every other body and we calculate the distance between them uh, and then we use that to actually update the velocities for each body and then in a later update step we use the velocities to update the position of each body but this advance um, function is the bulk of the computation and it's actually our a, a hotspot um, and as you can imagine, it, it is, uh, it's, it's two nested loops uh, essentially so we are running this benchmark uh, on a machine that's got a couple of Xeon uh, processors. I think they're 14 cores each, uh, and they uh, and, and as you can see, this run here uh, for a single core implementation, 256 iterations of the algorithm with about 8,000 something bodies uh, takes about 83 seconds, right? And you can see that that's 83 seconds of real time, and that's all entirely user time as well. And that's kind of expected because there's no real I.O. or anything else that should involve the kernel there, really. So can we we actually speed it up? Well, before parallelizing some code, we should probably have some expectations in mind for how fast we can actually go. And it turns out there's a reasonably simple way of doing this. Um, We can use something called Armdahl's law. And that's uh, a way of trying to estimate the speed up that you're going to get. in an ideal world from uh, speeding up some particular bit of code. Now for parallel programs, um, that essentially states that you're limited by the unparallelizable proportion of your program, as in the proportion that needs to be serial. And it makes intuitive sense if you think about it. Right? If you have a program where you can only parallelize 50% of it, then no matter how many cores you throw at it, you know, assuming an ideal speed up, the most you can be able to get is a, is a two times speed up because you're stuck with that 50% of serial code. Um, so if we assume, so we can use this equation here, but actually if we assume that we have unlimited cores available, then the, the P over S uh, and the denominator becomes uh, zero and the maximum you can speed up you can achieve is one over one minus P, right? So how do we go about getting the numbers to plug into Amdahl's law? Well, that's where performance profiling comes in. So for this here and, and generally in our work, we've used Linux's perf profiler. Um, there we could do many many talks just on perf itself um, and there's not going to be enough time in this talk to really go through it in that much depth but in the speaker notes i've linked uh, to a man called brendan gregg's uh, website and that has a great resource in uh for all the ways you can use perf um, it's it's an incredibly complex system and very very powerful but also not the best documented um, so I highly recommend brendan gregg's website um, to learn more about how perf works and it has some has some small snippets that can help you with with this and that so we run Linux's perf on this uh, embody serial benchmark and We can see here that the um, It's spending about ninety nine point five five percent of CPU time in this advanced function now. That's really good, right? Uh, Because it it gives us one clear hotspot and candidate for for adding parallelism but even with ninety nine point five five percent CPU time being spent in this function, the maximum speed up we can achieve is 220 times. Right. So something to take away from this is that if you're looking at hotspots in your code that you want maybe thinking of adding parallelism to and they're taking up less than 90 percent of your runtime, then the, really the maximum speed up you can get at, at, you know, assuming ideal um, speed up, uh, the maximum speed up you can get is single digits. So bear that in mind when you're looking at your code Um, if you're looking at hotspots and maybe they're they're less than that then maybe you need to be thinking about algorithmic changes or even considering parallelism at a higher level so we're going to start iteration one is actually an example of what not to do Um, and we're including it in here because it's something that we've encountered quite a few times as people have started to add and experiment with multicore Um, and, and it tends to not work so well um, and we'll see why it doesn't work so well in a second. So uh, this is the uh, advanced function that we saw before. And this is the main uh, loop. But we've changed this loop slightly so that instead of having that the uh, for loop, we're now, um, for each of the bodies, we're now spawning a domain. And that domain's function essentially loops over all the other bodies. Um, Calculates the distance and then updates its own velocity and you notice the algorithm has changed slightly here before we were um, Calculating the distance and then updating the and because the distance is symmetric We were we were updating the velocities for both bodies at the same time Whereas here that distance calculation is now done twice as often So let's see how uh, this actually performs Uh, at the end of this um, Uh, Function we actually then wait for all the different domains to all the domains to actually finish their job And we can see how it performs and it performs terribly Um, Takes about eight minutes. Just just to remember it took 83 seconds last time. It now takes eight minutes 11 seconds Um, And we can see that we're spending a ton of time in the kernel um, And that's probably because we now have eight thousand something um, Threads and they're all fighting to get time and such like Uh, So the takeaways here are domains are heavyweight Aim for the same number as you have cores and spawn and join them infrequently. To help with that, we have domains lib. Domains lib, uh, primarily domainslib for the purposes of this talk, they, it provides a task pool. And the task pool maintains a pool of domains and they uh, they pull work from um, a queue of tasks. Uh, you can add uh, tasks to the, the queue in various different ways. Um, we're going to look at how to use these parallel constructs, parallel for reduce and scan. But there's also async await, which uh, we'll uh, have some links to later where you can look at examples of how that works. Uh, also provides channels, but we're not gonna, not gonna discuss those today. So this is the code that's been adapted to work with domainslib. What we've done is we've instantiated this pool in the setup uh, code that's that's a little bit early on, but this advanced function you should see looks very similar to the one we saw before. The only difference is instead of uh, creating an array of domains, one for each body, we've got this parallel four, Uh, Construct here that's passed a pool Um, It looks very similar to a normal for loop. There's only two two differences The first is it has a chunk size and that is how many of these indices should I give to a Worker when it actually requests something right now You want that chunk size to be as big as possible of course the bigger it is though the more chance there is if your uh, Work items are imbalanced in their size the more chance you have of domains being imbalanced in their work So there's a bit of trade-off and tuning that needs to be done there the other big difference is, is that unlike a sequential for loop, the order of iteration in this is not defined. Um, it could be uh, could be done in any kind of order. Uh, so again, this is similar to the, the, the iteration one. We are just going over each of the other bodies. We're updating the velocity based on our distance to them. How does it perform? Um, so for very very simple change, payoff has been pretty good. right? At, at 24 cores now, we're seeing nearly a 10 times speed up compared to the original serial implementation. Um, we are, however, slower than serial on only one core. Um, there are reasons for this, though. And there's, there's potential optimizations as well that we could be doing with domains there. Maybe we could um, fast path if and use a sequential for loop if we only had a single domain. That might regain some of that performance. But the takeaway here is that adding parallelism will normally hurt single threaded, uh, single core performance. So this is, this is a decent speed-up, but can we do better? Now, this is where we hit the second most common problem that we see with people who are adding parallels into their code, and that's uh, issues with shared state. So uh, there's a lot to cover here, and it's going to be a little bit hand-wavy because we've not got that much time to go, but it's important because this is an issue we hit quite often. In short, when it comes to shared memory parallelism Uh, reading shared state on multiple cores scales really well right but writing shared state scales scales poorly right so and this is this is down to how cache coherency works on modern multi-core architectures Um, writes tend to cause cache invalidation so writing to a particular memory location invalidates a range of memory um, which actually causes other cores to have that invalidated in their caches Um, and that tends to mean that later reads cause cache misses, and that's not ideal. Uh, Writes that contend with other writes, if you've got shared memory where uh, multiple cores are writing to very frequently, that's an absolute performance killer, and it's terrible. And you'll notice that when you see code that doesn't scale, more often than not, that's because there's some kind of shared state uh, contention issue. Uh, so where possible you want to cache changes to shared global state and apply it infrequently if you can so for example if you're incrementing a set of global counters in a loop you could maintain the counters in a local set to the domain and then every so often you could apply them to the global uh, counters um, so what you can identify if there's a problem um, for a shared state by using perf again uh, there's a set of performance counters you can use to identify where there's an there's an issue and one of the issues we have with iteration two is that we are we have got um, a fair few cache misses and actually we're we're this performance event here that's called remote hit M uh, means that actually we're seeing a little bit of um, right contention between the different cores uh, and so iteration three essentially attempts to uh, remove that by restructuring the code to avoid shared state write contention so what we do is we separate the position and the velocity and remember before we had this all on one uh, in one type we separate them um, and that's because the velocities are read very frequently by all domains but written to infrequently from only one and the sorry the positions are read frequently by all domains but written to infrequently Uh, Only from one and the velocities are written to frequently by all domains, but read infrequently by only one So it makes sense to keep them separate Um, And instead of also writing to velocities each time uh, we cache the velocity updates uh, Outside the loop. So we'll see how we do that in a second Uh, And then we only apply them at the end of the iteration, right? And this is the strategy we mentioned earlier. So you can see here. This is the cache Uh, and then what we do is we loop over the other bodies and then actually we only apply the velocity updates after we've looped over the other bodies and that that saves frequent writing to those those velocities. Uh, Now what difference does it actually make? Well, it makes a substantial difference there. We've cut uh, the number of contended writes by about 14 times and we've uh, we've dropped our cache misses substantially and that actually turns out to be about 35% speed up when run on 24 cores. So let's have a look at some of these um, numbers. So this is the time to run uh, for the benchmark iterations at different core counts. It's useful, but actually, what's what's more interesting is the scalability uh, graph. So, so you can see a consistent speed up here uh, with more cores um, for the contention uh, optimized version of our benchmark. At 24 cores, um, we're getting uh, at 24 cores. We're getting about a 14 times speed up. Uh, now. 14 times speed up compared to the serial version uh, even greater speed up when compared to the um, the, 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 uh, iteration 3 itself on one core interestingly uh, profiling um, the iteration 3 on 24 cores reveals that 97 ish percent of our cpu time is being spent in the advanced function Uh, so actually that we're not showing a greater speed up indicates that there might be uh, some other limit that we're hitting and that would require more in-depth profiling to try and understand where that is. Um, But certainly, we're not being bottlenecked by the runtime itself like the GC. So the main things to take away from this talk, uh, while active development is still happening, multi-core is ready to use. uh, The upstream process is going on as we speak. Uh, Before parallelizing your code, you should uh, profile the serial implementation um, to understand where you might want to introduce some form of parallelism. Domains lib probably has an abstract abstraction that will work for you. It's, it's generally performant and well-maintained. Uh, experiment with different granularities of jobs until you find something that trades off work imbalance and communication overhead. And lastly, uh, avoid uh, writing to shared state frequently. Um, so that tends to kill your parallelism. Um, and you can use profiling to explore uh, where that might be happening. So we should be around now if you have any questions or if you run into any, any unexpected behavior, please create an issue on the GitHub Mordu core repo. Thank you very much.